Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Loxicutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and power bombing you right in the ear holes today. me up every time i know you hit every the, time and you forgot to hit applause ah, you're shoot. wait you're up. <laughs> so so off today yeah i want to get those volume <laughs> levels right. i love that song i love it we have our own theme song did you know that <laughs> Make, <laughs> makes us feel like somebody doesn't it, it really does it really does back in the studio another podcation successfully completed i like the, i like to consider this one this was a hall this was for the holidays <sighs> was it yeah hmm. um unintentionally yeah it's it's we, we are getting closer to our studio being complete. We have now one fixed camera, a true camera, not using our phones. We like that. We but were we, supposed to have we were supposed to have two or three of them going today, but we don't. But with that, we only have one camera angle shot today. Yeah, I, I like how you're hogging it. Can, mm. The people want to see me and <laughs> the people's champion. People's champ is yeah. here today. How, how's your 2023 going? So far, off to a good start. Yeah? You know, I don't do the whole, like, New year, new me thing. How come? How come you don't? Uh, I just like to. St- I, I like to just not act like. You like uh, to act like you're always rolling. Just, you're yeah, always yeah, on. Yeah, you're always like, grooving, yeah, right? I don't like to get that mindset Man. in my head where I'm like, all right, new year, I'm just starting. Um, but I always go to Vegas in March, so it is a. Um, it's a little motivational thing. March, it's like three months out. So I know you and your buddies. You got yeah. your shirtless picture in the pool. You're gonna be all ripped. I know. I've seen the picture. Yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> so anyway, I've seen when it, it comes when it comes to the working out and and diet, it's it's on point right now. Um, with that motivation, but. I was really hoping it'd be a new year, new you, but I can't say I'm getting the same old you, aren't I? Yes. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> What about you? Uh, man. I mean, what I, are we? we I, the only reason I ask you, in? the only reason I ask you that question is so you'd ask me that question. I'm yeah, just going to be honest. I'm rolling. I, I, I don't know. And this is, I have my best mindset going right now that I've ever had. I, ever. In my entire life. That's a uh, strong words. It is strong. That's strong. I, That's I strong. don't know what it is. I mean, I came back from my little Christmas Mexico trip just I don't know. I had a, a epiphany. I don't know what it was, but I've just, I've just came back on a roll. Just, I don't know what it is, but I feel great. My mindset is right. Everything is rolling really good for me right now. I, you, um, you're the one who shared. I know. I, oh, I don't have to ask that. Mm-hmm. Own the day. Own your life. Mm-hmm. You, you shared that with me. Told me a hundred times. Yeah, to listen it. to it. So I'm about, I'm about halfway through it, listening to it. Finally, you you gave me that that book for Christmas. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told you I was going to start it that week. And then I went to get into my book list, and that one was up top. I'm like, no, I got to do this one first. I can't, I can't stop listening to the it. own the day. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop listening. Yeah, it's to so it. good, right? It, I think um, I'm glad I st- waited to listen to it because I don't think I was ready for it like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Now everything he talked, I'm like, mm-hmm, uh huh, yeah. yep. And speaking of books, I gave you a book this year for Christmas yeah. that, uh, as a man thinketh, that has also been part of my like new mindset. It, it's, it's, it's one of because most of those self help motivational books you get, they're like there's this thick, and they're like they should be like it's all fluff except well, like a few pages of well, just the words really are hard also hits. that yeah this but this 
as a man thinketh is the diff. I mean, it's seriously this thick and everything just freaking punches you right in the head. You, you scared know? me a little bit the week after you gave it to me and you start talking about the words they use in it. Well, yeah, you have to, I, the way I have shit. to do it, I read, I honest to God, and you can ask my dog this, I read this book out loud. As I read it, I read it out loud and I have to read, I have to read every sentence a couple times, but it's, it's all, it's only talking about, it's things you know, but it's talking about like, whatever you think you manifest. You know what I'm saying? If you're like having a crappy day, well, that's, it's your decision. Yeah. You've made that. You know what I'm saying? If you, and it, and it talks about, even like with health, it's like, if you have sickly thoughts and you see these people on Facebook or you know them in your life, it's like, I'm going to feel good today. They're, they're, they're the sickliest people ever. And it, this book just talks about, it's just your mind. And I think we've all heard that, but this just laid it down in front of me and it's just, it's helped my mind. So like, I'm just, I've been always happy since January 1st. You know what I'm saying? Just reading this book and I just, I'm just, and it sounds corny. The whole, you know, manifestation is a buzzword right now, but man, it's so true. I just, I just thinking about things in a more positive light. Now check back in a week and I'll probably hate everybody again, <laughs> but right now, but I love everybody. It comes down to you make up your, you make up your mood. Yes. Your mood, yeah, you yeah. make up your success, but you think you're going to be successful. You're going to be successful. Yeah. And you, the more days you stack on with that mindset, that your my day is gonna be good. I'm in a good mood. I'm I'm gonna knock all this. You just start stacking those up, and then it's it's it, it stays in that. And it's made me think about okay. So someone like pulls out in front of me in traffic, and normally I'm like motherfucker, I'll freaking kill you, cut down, I'll freaking burn your house down, you know. But now it's just like you know what? I just try to. I just let it go. I smile. It's like oh, they're probably in a bigger hurry than me. You know what I'm saying? They probably need you to believe get somewhere. This? You it's the truth. It is the dripping of steel. It is. I know. I'm gonna try not to kill you. That's what I, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like well, how does that affect me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I get mad, it's 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 affecting my day. It's not affecting them. Yeah. It's only making my day worse. It's adding a little stress to my. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, bud. Let's all let's have one big group hug as we get started here, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's welcome our guest, Cammy Ross. If you yes. shut up for a little bit, we'd welcome our guest. Uh, we're going to welcome Brittany Dwyer to our podcast today. Uh, welcome, Brittany. Thank you. Now, Brittany, Brittany, you are one of Ross's wife's good friends. Is that right? Yep. I told her I don't. How long you been married, Ross? That's a great question. Two thousand fourteen. So I don't you think Brittany and I have seen each other since then. I don't think. We might have it maybe in passing or something, but I think that's the first time we met. I think this is the first time we're seeing each other since then. Uh, lots happened. You got married then. One, two kids? Two girls. Two girls mm -hmm. and started her own business, and we're going to find out all about that today. Um, where are you from, Brittany? Let's, we'll start it nice and easy for you. Before we go with those hard-hitting questions. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm from Gillespie, Illinois. So that's actually how I know Don. We grew up playing sports together. So. Did Don score fifty points in a game? <laughs> I w I would not doubt. It. Does she say she did? Well, I, there's a there's a myth. There's a rumor. There's something going on around that she scored fifty points in one basketball game, it's and we just cannot get to the bottom of this. <laughs> well, I wouldn't doubt it, but she was always better at basketball. I hated playing Bunker Hill because I knew I was going to have to play Don, <laughs> yeah. and she was a stud, um, stud softball player too. I don't know. This show's about you, Brittany. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's a toss-up who's better at um, But yeah, played together softball for years. My dad coached her. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, I'm from Gillespie. And, um, her dad was brought up on the Jonathan Denny podcast. Oh, really? Yep. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, I sent him that too. I sent my dad that. I'm sure he loved it. Um, is he a ba- basketball coach? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. So my dad was always my coach. Uh, small town, Gillespie. If you, you guys know Gillespie, it's mm-hmm. what, 4,000 people. I don't know exactly what it is now, but super small town. Um, and yeah, went to SIUE, uh, got my undergraduate there. I don't know how much you went about my background, but <laughs> um, but yeah, just have stayed in this area for for all that time and uh, moved to St. Louis in, uh, let's see, about 2012. And so have been there ever since. So dad is a basketball coach, high, sc- high school coach? Yeah, he was a high school coach uh, at a few different schools. Mm-hmm. Um, Livingston High School for many years. Uh, he also coached at Mont Olive. Um, and then coach softball at Staunton, but he was also my coach. Most importantly, his most important coaching job was coaching (laughs) my, my teams growing up. Um, is he a teacher? Yeah, he was teacher and principal principal for many years. He's retired now. So both my parents are retired, but they were both teachers. So kind of grew up with that household really, uh, with an emphasis on, you know, education and, and, uh, studying hard and, um, and really kind of, you know, stay in staying true to the to that path so do you have brothers and sisters one sister one sister older or younger she's older did she play sports also she did mm-hmm. yeah she wasn't as good <laughs> <laughs> i could tell when she said she did i could tell that she wasn't as good <laughs> no no she played was, just not yeah, to my yeah, level yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> no no she was good yeah we both played sports i think sports is important um you know growing up it just being a part of that team and mm-hmm. um that becomes your friend group in school and it just, yeah. Now if, if, if coach Denny, Jonathan Denny, uh, mentioned your dad, he must be, he must've had a lot of success or been, uh, or been sort of a legend or something. Was, was your dad have a lot of success coaching? Yeah, they did well. Oh, I can't, they had some big ones. I can't remember. I want to say like sectional champs, maybe at Gillespie. Um, they were really, they were great at, at Mount Olive and Livingston too. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the games. I was always sitting front row. My dad, sweating coach it he was high intensity mm-hmm. uh coach for sure um and loved being a part of that and yeah he was a great coach and learned a, a lot from him I know his players they still say amazing things about him so yeah my sister and I would ride the bus with the the players we thought we were super cool <laughs> um so yeah it was we got, kind of got the VIP experience watching him coach uh was he hard on you was he tough on you was it what did you would you push it into sports or um, I, I was always just naturally into sports, but he, he was a, you know, a tough, a tough, um, a tough coach, but I think that's kind of carried with me, honestly, into adulthood, but yeah, he, he pushed me and you yeah, know, I'm not the, saying that in a bad way. Yeah. No, I mean, the philosophy was always, if you're going to do something, do it. Um, you know, they spent a lot of time and money and, and effort taking me to tournaments every weekend, um, cheering me on. They're always biggest supporters, but you know, there's an underlying sense of if you're going to commit to this, we're committed. We're not going to do this for you to, to not, um, practice and, and put all of your, um, you know, energy into it when you do do it. So I think that's always been kind of a mindset, um, in our house. What, uh, what did you major in in college? Well, I changed a few times, mm-hmm. uh, but my undergraduate Ross changed college a few times. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, everyone does it. My, my my biggest advice now is like, don't don't declare a major semester yeah. one. Like, you know, know. It, we we've probably talked about this on the show, but you're like 18, 19 years old, and you have to make like the biggest decision of your life: what you want to be. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I still want to be heavyweight champ of the world at that point. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, like you have, you're trying to like then decide what you want to be for the rest of your life. You got no you know? idea. No idea. No idea. So, so what, what did you go to college wanting to do, wanting to major in? So I went to college wanting uh, to go into medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I job shadowed my mom's dermatologist and, and just thought, you know, coming out of high school, you have like kind of a on one hand pass almost, you know, if you're doing well, you're like, well, what am I going to be a doctor or a lawyer? You know, mm-hmm. you do have kind of certain paths that you think you could potentially take. Um, so start off in school, realize really quickly that like, I hate chemistry. <laughs> I'm not doing this for right. many years. Anyway, so I changed and uh, ended up getting my undergraduate degree in marketing, um, which, you know, is pretty fitting. I, mean, I know you pretty well. Marketing just seems like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Brittany is marketing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Did, uh, they, uh, did they, your parents ever try to get you into going to education? Did you ever think about going into education, having two uh, parents as teachers? Um, you know, I, no, I don't think that was ever a conversation. Um, I mean, it would have been supported and my parents, my mom's parents were educators as well. Um, and so, you know, kind of deep family history and, and then also like uncles and cousins and stuff in education. But, um, no, you know, I just, I never really showed an interest in doing Mm -hmm. that. That wasn't. Is your sister a teacher? No, she's in human resources. Okay. And they just boom. We're getting. We're not going to be. Going to be teachers. Yeah. When you when you graduate SIUE, what um what did you go into right off the bat? What was your first job? So I I'll say I was kind of figuring it out a little bit. Um, I graduated when I when I graduated, I was working at farmhouse restaurant. Um, this kind of honestly kind of started my whole path in in the hospitality industry. Um, I was working there, making great money. Waitressing. Uh, bartending, bartending, yeah, and then uh, became a manager there and moved to St. Louis, continuing to do that um, and really enjoyed it and what I was doing. So I was I was like, you know, I'm going to figure out what I want to do and, and do this for a year while um, that's going well. Don't don't you think, and, and you'll be able to do this, don't you think like, like I feel like every kid or young person should like have to do some sort of like service industry like waitressing or bartending or even retail just work like one i think you learn so much you learn how to deal with people you learn how to be salesy do you know what i'm saying the, the, the better job you do the more money you make do you know what i'm saying and also i think yeah. i think it teaches young people how to treat people you know what I'm saying? How not to treat people, I guess yeah, you should absolutely. say. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, when you're a waitress or you're working in retail and just, you know, let, let them get a little taste of the real the real world. Uh, I, th- I think it's a great experience. I had an interview the other day, and this came from a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask her this, and she just told me, she goes, one of my weaknesses is um, I'm shy, I'm really shy, unless I'm around my friends or people I feel really comfortable with. And one of the reasons I want to work here is because I want to work on those skills and become better. I'm like, it's the perfect place because that, you, you have to. That's it a, is. That's a mature thing. It's to very say. mature. That's a very, most people are trying to stay away from their weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not trying to build their strengths like young people. Like, yeah. And wow. at 17, I mean, it's very easy to just be like, I'm not doing that job because I know my weaknesses are going to make me, put me in an uncomfortable situation all the time until you're better at it. So, yeah, I thought that was really mature. Did, did you hire her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, what, you know what I want to do? Let, let's follow her journey a little bit on here. Okay? Like, you remember her name, and let's just kind of – I want to check back with uh, you, like, in I'll a couple give, months. I'll give you some updates. And, and just kind of see how she's doing. Okay. All right? Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. There really is nothing, like, 
you're going up to a table of complete strangers and in your mind, especially at a fine dining place, you want them to buy a nice bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. So it drives you to do your homework, know what you're talking about. Um, and that's just, I, I love, I get that high off delivering a great customer experience and it really started there. It's, um, when people would leave and say, Hey, I had an amazing experience that stuck with me. Um, and there's honestly still people that came into farmhouse that I'm, I'm connected with now. I mean, I've had coffee with someone that I met dining every week at the bar at farmhouse and those, you never know who you're going to meet in any given situation. Um, so I, I think huge for kids to do that. I think there's a decline in, in kids doing that. It used to be everyone came back from college, worked a restaurant <laughs> hey, job. He knows. Hey, he knows. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a whole, whole topic, but yeah. it's super valuable skills. Um, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're working there. Uh, we got our undergrad. So what, what's, what's, what's next? Where are we going? Are we, we, are you bartending over in St. Louis managing the, the farmhouse? What's going on? Yeah. Bartending at farmhouse managing there and through a connection got, um, hooked up with Gerard Kraft, who is a top chef in St. Louis. Um, and, uh, was introduced to him and became his executive assistant as my first kind of real job. And from bartending, took a significant pay cut. Yeah. Um, but just wanted to learn and, and really get into the weeds um, there. Give us and a quick rundown as well as what, what that really means. What What is your job with him? So I, uh, I had never been an executive assistant, but really the job was just doing whatever was needed for both the business and him personally, but mostly so the did business. He, did he own the business where he was the chef? Yes. He so did. he okay. owns multiple restaurants in St. Louis. Um, top, you know, he's a top chef and, and everyone knows and loves him. And so he had these multiple properties and he really needed someone that was kind of a point person for him to field, you know, PR requests, help with um, if the marketing team needed something. Um, and really the role just evolved. I did a little bit of everything and then, and that grew into me helping start their events program when they opened uh, a new restaurant in Clayton. I even, I helped source the furniture for that restaurant. So mm -hmm. just kind of picking up and, um, taking a kind of whatever's needed attitude to that. And I was getting my master's, um, at the same time at SIUE back there. So it was the perfect job for that time because I was able to get experience, but also still, um, kind of be focused on education and, and growing in that space and um, figuring out what I wanted to do long term during that time. And probably for what, what it led you for what you're doing now, that was probably a great job because, I mean, whenever you're not really given, OK, this is what you're going to do every single day. You, when it's more free, you, you learn a lot. Right. I mean, you did had probably had not, no idea how to set up a event center, but you fucking learned. You, you learned know, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, figure yeah. it out. And that's yeah, I mean, Google's really powerful, um, but also talking to people. And I don't know, there's something really exciting about figuring out something that you've never done before, right? And yeah, I think I it's, it. I just always say, people are like, why do you, why are you doing what you're doing? And I just, it's always been in my bones. It's yeah. in my bones. Um, and yeah, so I, I always say I was an entrepreneur. So like <laughs> trying to kind of, you know, do, do my own thing at whatever job it was. Um, so that was just a great experience. Wait, what do you mean by entrepreneur? So when you're an entrepreneur, you're working for someone else for someone else's business, but you take an entrepreneur mindset. Uh, so you really own, own that situation and you're kind of coming to them with new ideas and finding a way to kind of cultivate that entrepreneur um, environment that. where you're at. Um, so, yeah, I just, I felt like that was always my vibe. And I think that, you know, 
I recommend people always kind of taking that entrepreneur mindset. If you can't go do your own thing when you're working a job, just what can I create here that's new and different that's going to be impactful? I love that. Not having an employee mindset, but right. almost like your own your your own boss inside that company and just doing everything you do to the best of your ability and growing your brand sort of inside of it. Right. I love that. Thanks for writing that down. Yeah. I mean, if, I if I would have, if, if someone gives you a list of tasks and you just go do them and then you're done with your day, you accomplish tasks. But if you approach it in a way of what can... What can I learn from this and get out of this? And how can I take this set of tasks and go above and beyond and do it in a way that's, you know, maybe I can add a little bit of my own flavor and bring an idea back to the table. And I think those things stick with people um, and they want to help you later on and say good things about you. <laughs> so so awesome. where, where do we go from there? Oh, um, okay. So graduated with my master's. So... In in that did you say I'm not, did you say what your master's was in? I'm so I have an MBA and um, okay. an emphasis in project management. So I actually did a couple more jobs in the hospitality space, helped stand up some event programs, did uh, marketing and PR for a property group in St. Louis, um, the Central West End, Maryland Plaza, and um, another role where I really got to figure it out as I went. And, um, again, I was 23, 24 with a, a manager director level role. So that was awesome. Um, I think that's a great thing about working for small businesses is you can really kind of excel quickly if you just do the work. Um, and then got my master's and, and really that's what kind of took me out, I guess, of the restaurant space, um, for a little bit of time. Cause I met, uh, I met someone that worked at worldwide while I was getting my master's. He got me a job there in traditional project management. So I was managing rack and stack engineers, um, running a huge multimillion dollar program there, um, for, not not events, but running directly. Yeah, actual programs. So deploying engineers to actually open new office spaces and in buildings, and so that was cool because it was a little bit more structure and formalizing project management skills, which um, you know I think has t carried over into everything that I've done. So I was at Worldwide. Um, I had an interest, you know, an interesting learning uh, experience there. If I could kind of get into that, because I think it's. It's valuable to know. So I graduated as I was working there and I wanted to kind of grow with the company. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely a situation where you have to be there for many years. And I love that company culture, but I realized kind of quickly like, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to be here for 10 <laughs> years. You know, I'm trying to make a buck over here. So um, I left that role and went back to work at a digital agency. Um and that's where instead of managing kind of traditional programs, I, I started managing software engineers. Um, and that's what I've done for the last eight years after going to that digital agency. So I was able to do digital marketing, but combined with managing software projects um, as a product manager. The born manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> born to manage. Born to manage. <laughs> about managing, huh? <laughs> no matter I'm what it is. <laughs> Software it engineers, you. sheep herders, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'll whatever. manage them. I'll give <laughs> Again, it's like, okay, I've never done this. I think that might have freaked a lot of people out. I've never done this. I mean, I was managing large API projects for Monsanto. And it's like, what is this? Uh, let's learn about corn. Um, I really still don't know that much about corn after working there it's for terrible. many years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, super cool. Um, 
role and and worked for a development shop and startup after that. So I was working at a startup and they basically told me, if you have an idea, come to us and we'll help you develop it. And, you know, I have I have ideas every day. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I think it's if you're looking to solve something like and you're out in the world and you're like, okay, that sucks or like that needs to be better. Um, you can kind of you can find someone something to build. So I had the idea for disco five, over five years ago. Working at this startup, um, kind of started to now. What was the startup? Like you're saying startup, but what? So that I mean, it was a development shop. So okay. it was engineers were sitting in a room, software engineers, and we did work for multiple agencies. So um, as well as um, just larger, larger and smaller companies. So building mobile applications, um, websites, things of that nature. So you helped companies start up. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, All so right. a company would come and say, I, I want to build X, and then we would help them both strategically say, all right, here's how we can approach it, and then take it through the actual building of the software okay. product. Gotcha. What, I, my brain was like, when you said you were a startup, like, I thought you worked at a company that was just starting up, like just new, but no, you're helping companies. Uh, yes, yeah. Startup, got it. Yep. So, so um, it sounded like a startup helping startups. Yeah, it, yeah, it really, it really was a startup helping startups. Um, but yeah, I mean, to kind of round that out after after that, I one of my friends went to work at Monsanto, and I really wanted to start this company already at this time, and but I also wanted to start a family at the same time, and got offered a nice, nice generous salary and kind of a comfortable role at Monsanto, and fig and thought, okay, it's not the right time to start a company. Um, it's the right time to do this. And it turned out to be an amazing decision because I really probably wasn't ready at that time. Um, like skill wise, I was able to go work for three more years for a huge company and again, be kind of an entrepreneur. I, I worked in, um, their global digital commerce, new business models, um, and was able to, to see these huge multi-million dollar programs and how they're run and do that. And so, that was a blessing that I really paused and um, just waited a little bit longer till the right time and, and did that for a few years. So, so, so our next step is your startup. Yes. Disco. Yeah. Now this isn't this is a, your startup, not a startup starting startups, right? This is this okay. Is, this, yeah. And yeah. and so I'll I'll start the, the decision. Is this true or false? The decision to actually do this came down with you and your husband sitting in your guys's bonus room. Yes. The hell's a bonus room? Uh, it's like our upstairs living. Did you say boning or bonus? <laughs> bonus, bonus, bonus room, bonus bon- room, bonus, bonus room, bonus. Just, just got their it. second living room. Okay, upstairs all right. From everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah. The bonus room. Got it. Yeah. So Sitting. let's start there. Let's let's start at the beginning of when you actually decided I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh man. Um, it it was it was a pr- so you you know Doug my husband super chill laid back guy like. There can't be two. I always say there can't be two of us. Like he's like this, the slow and steady one, like keeps us grounded. But, um, you know, I just took it to him and I was honestly losing sleep over this. Like I, I need to, am I going to do this? Um, again, sitting in my comfortable job and I've been talking to him about this. So it wasn't a surprise, but yeah, just said two guys that know all about that. Yeah, the, the ult- you're, you're going through the ultimate mental battle. Yes. yes I, yeah. Do I do it? And so I, I truly said, <clears throat> I need to make this decision now. Am I going to start this company or am I going to put it to bed? And I'm, I don't ever want to think about it again because I'm either, I'm either going to do it now or someone else is 
someone else is going to do it and it's going to kill me later on. But I made that decision that that's not what I'm going to do. And he just wholeheartedly supported supported me doing it. Um, he could probably see the 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 unrest probably that you had just doing a nine to five job. He knew yeah. you had that, the entrepreneur like spirit and yeah. yeah, yeah, he knew it. I'm I'm not going to be happy doing it. And there's a lot of other kind of factors that go into motivationally why, but. I mean, disco as a company is all the things I've ever done. I'm passionate about all rolled into one. I mean, it's my, it's my baby. Um, events, you know. Yeah, let's let's small let's, businesses. Yeah, let's let's but talk about what. One disco, more real so. quick, we'll get into it. But how long when when you guys had this conversation up there, where you actually took it to him, was like, I'm I'm gonna do this. This is what I want to do. How long? How how much longer did it take for you to quit your job? It was about six months still after that because, you know, I didn't just say wake up and go, I'm doing this. I'm quitting my job. I did. I went and that's when I started really digging into working nights on this. Um, I paired up with a, a consultant that I had worked with before, a super sharp guy. Him and I started talking through the, the logistics of what this would look like and then went and did customer research, which I really think is important. Um, so I talked to customers of all types, businesses, and validated the need for sure. You know, and my gut, which my gut's usually always right, but uh, I didn't want to just do this off my gut. So I needed to do a little more validation. So I went out and talked to the people that I was solving this for, heard from them exactly what an MVP, um, like a first version of this product, how it would solve their problems and spent about six months of um, having conversations with other people and um, I really needed that time and then quit my job like after I was, had been actively yeah. working on yeah. the company. Yeah. This, um, before we get into the last thing that I'll say real quick on this. So I, I text this quote when I, when I was talking to Doug about just picking his brain about some things about really that, that, that jump into doing it. You had a good job, wanted to start a family. And like you said, the, the losing sleep over it. And you knew at that point, you're like, if I, if I don't do it now, I won't do it. And I got to for, forget about it. Right. Right. So I text this quote. This was the day that I decided I was going to resign from teaching and, and take and, and jump. And so there was, there was a movie that I watched. It was called The Most Violent Year. Heard of it? Mm-hmm. And in it, the guy, the guy you know, he's, he's expanding his business. And it's going to make him broke or rich. And he says in it to his lawyer, he says, when it feels scary to jump, that is exactly when you jump. Otherwise, you end up staying in the same place your whole life. And that I cannot do. Yeah. That just gave me a little bit of chills. (laughs) Well, when you were also talking about leaving, because I, you know, I know your, your story too. And I I love that quote. I think there could be nothing more true. Yeah. For all three of us, like there comes a time in your life where I'm either jumping off this cliff and doing it. Or I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to stay a teacher forever because I'm going to be here so long, I can't leave. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, but, it, and I'm sure you would have probably made the decision at that point, I'm going to do this the best that I can. I'm going to fully commit to this mentally to you stay pay, here. As they say, you got to burn the fucking boats. You How do you it. take the island? You got to burn the fucking <laughs> boats. Russ. Sorry, Nancy Getting. <laughs> yeah, which when people are talking about, talking to you about starting a company, they ask you, did you, have you burned the boat? And that's when they know you're serious. Right. Because if you can't go all in on yourself, no one else is going to go. I always heard cowards yourself. have a plan B. That's, I've heard that too. Uh, Co- good cowards stuff. have a plan B. Do you know what I'm saying? Stuff. Because safety I net. think both of us and maybe all three of us, you know, it comes down where you could have stayed at your job. I could have 
maybe tried to find a teaching job close to Bethalto and tried to do both and and no, you got to burn the fucking boat. You know, I, I, I see a lot of people make that mistake, especially like in the gym and personal training business or whatever. Is they try to try to hold on to both, and then you don't have consistency consistency in either one. It just yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the business you started. You keep saying disco, and Ross and I know what it is. But uh, to our millions of listeners, yeah. I didn't say seven listeners. I went with millions of. <laughs> listeners. I like new better. joke. New joke. Uh, our millions. Of, so tell tell us a little bit about your business. It's called Disco. It's Disco. the The site is timetodisco.com. So it's a platform for exploring, booking, and managing uh, group events and experiences. So for both customers and the businesses um, that are offering group events and experiences, what we learned is, um, you know, it's really hard for people to not only find their options, um, but really understand pricing, details, availability, and actually book. You know, if they want to book at 11 p.m. in their jammies, they can. So you come to Disco, you hop on our site, you can filter by your group type, your interests, and you're served this curated list of all the group event options in your city. Um, and then you click on it and you can actually book, put a deposit down. Um, and then we kind of take you through the, the flow of, you know, you're notified that it's booked. And then if, from the business side, um, of course, they have like their own dashboard. They can list the things. They can see all the guest details um, and have that communication. So say say I was an executive assistant for some like multimillionaire over in St. Louis. And he said, hey, we need to have a a, a party for all the secretaries here or something like that what what's doing what's throwing a really good party and she has no idea what to do like how to book the venue how to get to what and so what she goes to disco is that what right it's it's i call it the one-stop shop um and that's really what we're growing into you can find the venue you can find uh curated hands-on experiences to go with that if you want to um and you can find things that you would normally probably not find um, and most importantly, you know, you can search by right away by your group size, the date of availability. And that's a huge gap today. If you were just starting, of course, you have Google, you can look. But I mean, people spend hours on right. this, like calling, tracking down. Is this available? What what does pricing look like? Really is a huge job. It's a full time job for somebody to mm-hmm. do this. Um, so when me and Todd want to have a, a party for our millions of listeners and we know that there's going to be a million people coming. But we have to do it on January twentieth. We put in those two things, and it's going to show us all the event places that could hold that many, and what dates have yep. that date open. And, and right. could say, and we want to we want to do a Viking theme. We want it to be a Viking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, is is it get su- Can you get super specific with it? We so we're working towards that right now. Um, we're actually launching the the smart search this week, where you, then you'll type in themed kids birthday party. Um, you'll you'll type all that in, or the business name, or whatever you're actually searching for. Um, and so it's going to become much more personalized and. Uh, smart based on your behavior smart search love it yeah what kind of venues are listed on your place we have a huge variety so we have uh i i think they're all premium businesses um in st louis so we have everything from food trucks um to uh we have quite a few restaurants businesses including a local butcher shop bollyards a balkan treat box farmhouse that 
did not offer private dining experiences before, and now they do through Disco because we're kind of giving them the space to to offer those. So exclusive um, experiences with restaurants, private chefs. We have wreath making, charcuterie classes. Um, we have cocktail party spaces. Uh, so all the above were really group focused. So whatever you want to do with your group, we're going to help you facilitate that. They take you guys just take away all the groundwork for people. Like yes. they don't have to do anything. They just go tell tell you what you want specifically, We've, and then boom, the party's happening. That's it. Yeah, you yes. do the work, and that's awesome. There's so many categories from food truck to wedding venue to wreath making. Like right, yeah. because our goal is to we want we want loyal customers and we're customer obsessed is what I like to say. And when I'm planning something, I'm, I might be planning six different things throughout the year. And that involves something for my kids. Maybe I'm throwing a shower. Maybe I just want to have a friend's night out. You're doing these things six to eight times a year. There needs to be one place that knows you, that's going to recommend things that fit you and your, and your preferences. So that's our goal. It's not a goal to be kind of a place you come once and then that's it. It's really kind of giving you options throughout the year. Uh, how long have you been open? A uh, little over a year. And and have you seen where it's repeated customers? Somebody gets on there, finds out about you because they need a they need to book a reception, and then they see all your other options, and they they continue to come back. Yeah, that's been huge. Word of mouth in this first year because we're bootstrapped, which is funding in ourselves, um, and so we haven't spent a crazy amount on marketing. It's been a lot of word of mouth, the businesses promoting us because they they believe in us, and so you know, just this weekend, I had someone in from Kansas City, and she goes oh, my cousin said you have to check out Disco. And she booked two things in one weekend wow. with this group. And she goes, this is genius. This is amazing. I need it in Kansas City. And I was like, well, <laughs> we're on our way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's that's what's fueled us this past year is the – I don't talk to people that see Disco and say, what is this? Like, would I ever use this? You talk to people, they see it, and they hold it in their hands and play with it, and they go, oh, my gosh, like – why doesn't this exist? I need to use this. And then they do. They do use it. Um, Here would be my biggest fear. Um, is You start in St. Louis, which is a very small market. And obviously, I, I would think the goals is to get to the bigger markets, the Chicago, the New York, so, you know, whatever. My, my biggest fear would be uh, not getting there fast enough. It's huge. A it's a, yeah, it is a concern. But... So I always had this fear of someone's um, someone's going to steal my idea. Someone's going to do it faster. And but are they going to do it better? Are they, Can they do yeah. it better than you? The quote someone texted me the other day. Um, he said, "Anybody, it's anybody can have a million dollar idea. Not everybody can have a million dollar execution. Um, and it really is like who's going to do it better? And I truly believe I'm listening to people. I'm solving an actual need. This isn't this isn't something that I don't know a lot about. I mean, I'm. I'm in the space and we're solving as what's needed in real time. Um, so we are going to expand to other cities and that's kind of, we're working on that full go-to-market plan. I mean, we learned a lot in the last year about what works, what doesn't in St. Louis. So that's the goal. But yeah, it's, it's always a fear. Is someone going to go faster or, you know, or have a ton of funding and do it better? But I mean, that, that can't hold you back from, from doing Absolutely it, not. you know, and, when I started it, uh, I had I had one person say, you know, you need to go rent this house in San Francisco with your coders and do it. 
that that's not my reality. Maybe that's somebody else's reality right now, but we're growing within the Midwest. You know, that's my goal. And, and I have a family and I believe that you can do it. That, that fear, I, I said fear, but that fear is motivation. That fear is making me work harder to get it there and, right. and, and perfect it. Yeah. So it is ready to, to go to a bigger market. Yeah. And when you've burned the boat, you're not, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I could, you know what, instead of working today, I'm going to go get a pedicure or whatever because I work for myself. You're working hard. I'm working harder than I've ever worked before <laughs> because I'm not going to be, you know, I'm giving up that opportunity. It's not just what we're putting into the business. You're giving the opportunity to be doing something else too, you know, and working for the man and getting that check. So I don't want to be sitting here in five years from now doing, you know, churning through that same, yeah, those same behaviors. I, I think I've said this on here before, but I always say it to that Riverbend CEO program that you and I always speak to. I always tell them, you know, they say, once you find your passion, you create a job that, that uh, you'll never work a day in your whole life. I was like, that's the exact opposite of what it is. <laughs> Sounds You're so going to work way harder than you've ever worked, <laughs> but you're doing it for yourself and, and you, you know, you, you're, it's more enjoyable and you're building your own legacy instead of working super hard for somebody else. But yeah, you're going to work harder than for yourself than you would for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I'm, this is an assumption I'm making with disco. So I'm assuming that you've probably established like a lot of like, uh, relationships, a lot of networking with like the people that own the butcher shop and the people that own different venues and things like that. So you have these close relationships where like, if I go up and I try to call a venue to have a party or I try to call the food truck or try to call, like I'm talking to some, you know, some they Brittany know. Dwyer at 17 answering the farmhouse phone saying, I don't, we're not, you know what I'm saying? But like, you're going straight to managers, you're going straight to the people who actually make the decisions on the parties and things. So right. you take all the, you take the problems out for someone else who's trying to book a party. Right. It's, it's both access and, you know, communication. So you're, you know, I'm confident in saying I'm, I brought experiences to people that they would, wouldn't been able to unlock if they didn't work with us mm -hmm. what are some of the um some of the highs and lows in this first year that you've really came across let's 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 go, let's start with the lows Ooh, the lows because there's where you learn a lot at oh i mean it i feel like the low is just kind of that constant emotional roller coaster i mean you have to be strong mentally of like this is the journey. This isn't, you know, an overnight thing and really be committed to that. <laughs> but there is the high and low, like when something happens and it, it can turn, put you into a spiral of like, what, you take, you take it I, so personal. What am I doing? You know, you <laughs> have those moments and then, um, there's that, you know, high of something great happens. Right. And then you snap back into it. But, um, I think it's, going out I'm, I'm a solo founder um and there's kind of a, a lot of statistics about how hard extra hard that is of being a solo founder and so it's finding good people has also kind of been a low um to kind of join in this effort and and take on some of the responsibilities but yeah I mean I think it's just low the the low is just not knowing sometimes you know it gets a little bit lonely it's you know, what is this going to be in five years? And it's just something that you have to be comfortable with. And when those moments happen, it's like, you're going to have a hundred more of these moments. Just, you can't, you don't have time. You got to, you have shit to do. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's the challenging part is, um, you just don't know. A lot of people from the outside see the highs when you work for yourself and have your own business. And those, those lows don't get seen 
to the outside. So yeah, you and I have talked about this on here before is like, we always think at any second, like our business could just be gone. People don't realize how, how much I think it holds. Now this isn't true, but how I think my business just holds on by a thread all the time. I feel that I'll, you I don't know if I'll like, ever lose that. that I, I, I want to yeah. lose that feeling. I want to, but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't like, think you do. Uh, if yeah. I have a great, if I have a great week at the gym and everything's just rolling and you know, the place is packed, I'm just like, man, this business is awesome. I am the best. <laughs> da, da. And all of a sudden we'll have a down week. and like, Oh my God, it's, it's finally happening. Here it goes. It's we're, done. We're, we're done. We're, we're taking, packing we're, it up. It's over. We're taking you know? this 90 degree turn for the worse right now. And people <laughs> don't realize like how much we think like that all, all the freaking time. Yeah. You know, I feel like if you didn't, you own your own business and you didn't feel that way, you wouldn't always be striving to make it better all the time. Exactly. If you just felt that comfort level all the time, you'd be like, oh, I'm good. Place chill. Yeah. Well, some good advice, too, is I I have a tendency. I want to make things right for people. I want people to have a good experience. But someone also said, um, like, not everyone's your customer. And I'm not saying, like, don't you need to address problems right away. But there were moments where I did get feedback. And at first I was kind of taking all feedback, but you really have to filter that through who's giving you that feedback. What, what was their situation in giving that feedback? Mm -hmm. And you have to just stay true to what you're trying to solve. Like not, you know what, not everyone's your ideal customer and that's okay. You know, you're not, maybe you're not solving it for that. You're not going to be a hundred percent for a hundred percent of people, but you can know you're doing the best, you know, job that you're doing that you can do. I tried to explain that to a friend of mine one time that, you know, those first couple of years on, you know, Facebook, <laughs> people would make some comments and you're like, oh, I didn't sleep for two days over, you yeah. know, some comment. But um, as you, you get into it, you get a little more comfortable, you realize who you are, what your place is. And I, and I tried, I love that word. You just said, you have to filter that. I tried to explain that to a buddy one time. He's like, no, you got to take all that. You got to take it all in and, 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 and learn from it. I'm like, man, see, you don't understand. Some of these people get on, and it's like they walked in that door knowing they were going to yeah. not like my place, mm-hmm. you know, without an open mind. Your cheese sticks are too cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it what was you too have good. To, that's what you have to deal yeah, with. <laughs> yeah. And so I like that. You have to filter that because not everybody is your customer. And and I'm I'm a lot more comfortable with that now as I wanted everybody to be my my customer right everybody to love my place but and it's just not it's not feasible it's not possible but as we also have said before when you start a business you got to eat a lot of a lot more shit sandwiches than you have to eat as you get a little more <laughs> successful am i right yes <laughs> yeah um so what do you do you, uh, what are you seeing that uh people are attracted to this is it six sweet 16 parties is it bachelorette parties is it or is it like party like corporate parties what what are you seeing so far that's kind of really interested in this there's a huge mix um so far you know since we've launched we've got about 60 percent of individuals booking parties and the other 40 is corporate business Mm -hmm. um and so we have birthday parties um a good amount of rehearsal dinners um corporate kind of happy hours people in from town so doing a dinner um team building experience so it really is across the board a lot of birthdays, showers, celebrations. Um, so those I would consider when launching kind of the low, low hanging fruit. Um, so those are things that people are already doing, already planning. 
Um, and But we want to grow into solving that, but then also creating this new demand for kind of shifting behaviors. So this year we're seeing already quite a bit more of that, like the wreath-making class, um, kind of an all-inclusive party for a friend's night out type of deal, those things that – um, again, you're, you're kind of invoking an emotion of, oh, you know what, instead of doing like a potluck at the house for almost the same amount, I could go out and have this high touch mm-hmm. experience. So, um, not as many of those booked, but we're seeing a trend in that direction now. You, you probably have a lot of people, and this is probably a great thing that you guys do is people like we want to me and my girlfriends want to go out and do something, you know, and have some drinks and do something, but do something like an activity that's fun while we're doing it. Like you talked about making wreaths or whatever. I'm sure that's going to be a big part of your business. Yes. Yeah. Shifting behavior, letting eventually letting people, people just don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Yeah. Letting people vote instead of stopping for dessert. Now, like we just launched a chocolate tasting experience at this local chocolate shop, super reasonable price. Everyone leaves at the bar, a scoop of ice cream. It's like if people can, what I say is people build meaningful connections through experiences and think about the reason you go to dinner, you do these things. It's because you're trying to connect with these people. So when you're doing something hands-on, when you're doing something that's a little bit different and engaging, one, you're going to share that with other people. You're more likely to talk about it and want to do it again. Uh, But two, you definitely leave with, with a deeper connection and something that you're going to be talking about in two years from now um, about that, that experience that you had together. Um, what you, you mentioned something like a, like an MVP experience. Is that what you said? Or was it VIP? VIP? MVP. MVP. That's what I thought you said. So explain that a little bit. So when you're launching a company, especially a software company, you can't have everything that you want. You know, our roadmap's huge. Like mm. If we solved everybody's, all the problems in this space day one, that would be amazing. But we needed to start with what's the, what's the biggest, most immediate problem you can solve? Um, and that's your MVP, your, um, yeah, your minimum viable product. Oh. Yeah. Minimum viable. So. Yeah, you can't solve it all day one, and that's why your customer research is important. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure where you guys both started with your businesses is not where you are today, of course. Um, so, yeah, what's what's something we can solve right now? When, yeah. you, when you say we, how many employees do you have? It's just me. <laughs> I love it. So do I. I love it. We. It's we. Just, it's me. It's Well, I have, I I have a contract developer, but yeah, I, just, I naturally always say we. I mean. Yeah, yeah it's, we did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 why do we do that? I don't know. I, I don't have a tendency to say I. I don't it's not my vibe. I don't know. I, I almost said fake it till you make it. But you know what? <laughs> my you, team. I, I my, say my team. My, I team. Yeah. Say my team. Well, you got your two daughters and your husband behind you. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm and I drag them out to events. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> um, so if, if say say I was wanting to throw like a rehearsal dinner or whatever, I have no idea how to say, say I'm the best man and say they've made that my job to plan a rehearsal dinner. Okay. And in uh, maybe, maybe, uh, money's not really an object. So, so I get a whole, like, I don't know where to start. I have no idea what to do. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's 17 of us in this thing. So what do I do? I get on disco and, and, and how does, can you navigate me through like what, what that would look like for me to uh, make this rehearsal dinner happen? Yeah, you can select uh special, you would select special occasion, private dining, but <laughs> Um, we're launching search next week. So you would actually just type in rehearsal dinner and it's, you get the whole list of recommended rehearsal dinner spots, 
also you can filter by your group size if you wanted to. Um, and then when you click on that business profile, oh, this looks good. Say private event space at Pappy's. That's what you're wanting to do. Then you can see right there on the profile the different package options. So our goal, um, you know, for this first quarter is getting it more to fully building out that event so you can get closest to what this is going to cost and what this is going to look like. Of mm -hmm. course, with still the option to customize if you wanted to. Um, but you can see right there in the profile, uh, do I want more of an appetizer style experience for this type of group or do I want a sit down buffet and here's what that costs. Um, so, yeah, you can build it out right there. Um now, is there any say? Say we want to have the rehearsal dinner, but then afterwards we want to grab drinks. Or I mean, how how far do you extend with that? You know, what I'm saying like, you know, what I'm saying like we want to leave here and we suddenly want to go and like you know, is there are different layers that you can keep adding on to. That that's a goal. Um, it's not there today, but we have um kind of like nearby, and then there's going to be those paired experiences. But we have helped people. I've had multiple groups that have planned two or three things throughout the night. So I had a corporate group where they hopped on a party bus, they did a wine tasting, they went on to a chef's tasting dinner at a restaurant, and they ended with a DJ dance party at a hotel. And all, and and all booked through. All booked through disco. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. Um, and so – how do they do they speak to you? Are you are you present at all the, the events or can you be or is that how how does how does your role come in on these? So since we're so early, I do talk to pretty much every customer that books. But mm -hmm. the idea is that we're the facilitator and we're giving the business the tools. Um, and that's kind of evolved over the last year. I'm 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 more than ever right now making sure that I talk to the customer because I want to hear from them, like, how'd you find Disco? Mm -hmm. What do you need? And also helping bridge that gap if there is a gap with the business. Um, so, hey, is there anything else I can help you with for your event? And a lot of times the answer is yes. Actually, we're, we need another stop afterwards. Um, but I'm not going to be at the event um, which I've had a couple, see you Saturday. <laughs> like, oh, I will not. No, that's not what this is. Yeah, I mean, pay me enough and you'll see yeah. me there. Um, but yeah, the it's really setting the business and the customer up for success so they know when they get there, everyone um, knows what they're getting and they can deliver a great experience. Uh-huh. Um, now, do you, have you gotten like uh, personal relationships with some of the venues? Do you, have you went to them and talked? Like, is this something like before you put them on your website, have you talked to them or how does, how does that how work? How does that process work, getting them on your site? Yeah, we so we have, um, especially in the beginning, we had a ton of target businesses and I started with top businesses. Um, and actually what was kind of fun was start with businesses that I knew there was an opportunity that they weren't capitalizing on, right? Mm -hmm. So hey, do you want to take advantage of that space on a Tuesday night because it's not getting booked and starting there? And we're kind of, in a lot of ways, a con I want to say a consultant to those businesses, which again is not the most scalable thing. But in the beginning, you have to do things that don't scale when you're starting a company because it lets you kind of get into the weeds. So it's going and talking to the businesses and understanding you know, what they're trying to solve. What are they hearing? What are people asking for sometimes? And helping them build out their profile. So most of the time, I get them started and kind of type out some high-level details. Um, but then we can actually send them an invite to claim their disco profile. And they can log in, add a new listing, refine what we've already started for them, and then publish their um, profile. So we need them to log in to really um, approve everything, make sure everything's accurate, um, and get that launched. Gotcha. 
um, say it, say, say you used Pappies as an, an example. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm learning about your business as the people on here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't know anything about it, so that's what I'm, I'm getting the answers to. So with like Pappies and say you, we end up having a, a rehearsal dinner on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Now, does Pappies get something sent from, from your site to them? How, how is that reservation held? Do you call them or how does that work? So everyone gets the customer and the business get a text message and an email um, and then um, an, an actual calendar invite as well for the event. Um, and so, yeah, Pappy's knows immediately that something's been booked. It says, hey, you got a new booking for January, whatever. Claim it here. Log into your disco profile. Let's see the guest details. They get that email. Your disco profile. Disco I like that. Yeah. Log it in. And so they log in. And if they have Google Calendar connected, it's the actual all the guest details as well right on the calendar. Um, so if you wanted to share that calendar with your staff or team, too, to be able to see in real time, oh, what's coming up on the books, that was our intent there is that not only the event manager, but if their team is kind of involved in picking up shifts, they can see it, too. Um, do you still have a, do you have a relationship still with the top chef that you used to work for? Is he still in St. Louis? He's still in St. Louis and his businesses are on disco. Part of disco. That's what I, that's what I wondered. So that was a, that was a huge networking like thing that you did when you worked there. Yeah. And farmhouse is on disco as well. Um, they've got private, he's got a hog roast, someone just booked a hog roast. You can have chef Wilman from farmhouse show up to your party for a thousand dollars with a whole hog, <laughs> pull it with sides and it serves like a hundred people. Let's do it, Ross. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Now, are are you looking to hire people currently, or um, or yes, no? Yes. Um, I just brought someone on that's part time. That's kind of helping with some of the operational and and event some of those custom requests that we have come in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm actively looking for some kind of like a lead engineer um, and someone maybe potentially a co-founder um, to come on with me. So, so you're not as lonely. lonely. <laughs> it's ah, that's, it's just a hard, hard topic, but um, we will really mean we, yeah, it'll, it'll mean we this year. I mean, we're definitely growing. I have um, some community ambassadors that are going to be getting started. So people that are going to be recommending, you know, uh, businesses on our behalf and, and a referral. Um, and we want to launch in new cities. So we need people in, in new cities. I've got about 40 businesses pre-subscribed in Kansas city that want to be on disco. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but you know, I don't want to grow too quickly, but, um, it's having someone there kind of boots on the ground, um, making those relationships. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Um, Don had always Don had said multiple times, "Hey, you guys need to, when you started this, you guys need to get Brittany on, Brittany on." And then I saw where you won the Arch Grant, and then I was like, "What is the Arch Grant? It seems like a big deal." Did a little research into the Arch Grant. The Arch Grant is a very big deal. Go over and uh, congrats on it. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Go, go, go. Uh, if I knew what the clapping button, I, I was about to say, I wish it. you were better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's guess. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Go, go, in, go into what the Arch Grant is and what that kind of means for your business going forward. 
Our trans is is huge. Um, it so our trans is an annual startup competition in St. Louis. It's it's the premier startup competition, and actually people apply from all over the country. It's about fifty percent get it from St. Louis, and fifty percent throughout the country and move to St. Louis once they win it. Um, but it's an annual competition for seventy five thousand dollars, equity free. Um, so, you know, basically no strings attached, uh, to go towards your business as well as access to their network of both other founders and, um, impactful, you know, St. Louis leaders, um, and kind of getting you in the, into the door to some of those relationships. So, um, there was over 600 applicants this oh, year. Damn. Yeah. For, for it, it was the first year of $75,000. It was previously 50. It went up this year. So that's pretty cool that we were the first, uh, group that got that and uh, there was 22 companies chosen out of over 600 so it was a very exhaustive process um, and really felt like a huge kind of milestone and point of validation for all the work that's been put in that first year it was we won the arch grant and it, I mean it was truly tears of joy when they mm-hmm. called me and like this this feeling of wow we're this is this is something here like you know it was a great idea you thought you had a great idea but you're never real sure and then all of a sudden that comes out and like okay yeah here we go i'm gonna double down this is this is gonna be our year what was the process of of winning that so there it's there was kind of a three phase there was you know you apply they review it then you um submit um more of like a full pitch structure like a pitch deck um, and your financials and your actual plan for growing and scaling. So you need the whole thing with Arch Grants is it needs to be a scalable company and you need to be committed to growing within St. Louis as well. Um, and that all led to a finalist pitch day where there was about a, I want to say like 75 companies left. And then you went in person, you pitched to a room of 25 judges. And these are people that are, um, you know, high profile business people, founders, previous Arch Grants winners, and then you pitch to them um, in the room and they they judge you. Um, so there's there's 25. Is it is it like a auditorium type room or is it like a conference? That's like an auditorium. Like an auditorium. Are you on a stage? No, you're in front. So it's like picture like a classroom, like at a university where they're kind of presenting on the PowerPoint and then you're. Uh, sitting right here so it was at SLU uh-huh. um so yeah it was a big classroom and <laughs> so did, did they all present on the same day yes all the finalists there's yes. six rooms and so you come in do you have a big powerpoint thing how, how does that work what do you you bring in some some confetti I mean what, what do you got going on there for your presentation well so I was I was the last pitch of the day in our room. <laughs> oh, man. And so I, I walked in, and I'm like, is everyone still awake? You know, right. kind of trying to get everybody, you know, woken up in the room. And, um, yeah, you have your pitch presentation. You have a cap of 10 minutes. So you – I mean, to be honest, I went in there, and I had pretty much every word that I was going to say memorized mm-hmm. because there was there's no room for you to figure it out as you go. It's like, this is exactly what I want to say. Go through your pitch. Um and then they ask you real time questions about things that you you've said, um, and it was pretty cool. I, I pitched and I ended my pitch and I was like, that was good. You know, <laughs> you walked out of that room nailed like it. I just fucking flat out. Yeah, I, I left that. like I nailed like that could not have gone better. Yeah, and top the, of the world. The room was jiving. There was a guy that booked a disco while I pitched. What? Like, in, Shut up. It was like the talk of the day. He was like, I just booked a team. Like you got done and like there was that you had an appointment. Yeah, he literally booked. And so everyone, it was like the whole thing. Everyone was talking about it. Um, But then, yeah, someone said that I was 
they were like, you were the best one of the day. So I left like still nervous, but I left just knowing like I left it all on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like that was. There's yeah. not a better feeling of going in like the the anxiety, the buildup of that a speech or whatever it is, and you go in and you just kill it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And there was a heavy rap on the way home. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> ride yeah. that high for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like who who sits on? The, I know you said it was some who'd won won it before and some business. Like is it like the the, the CEO at Budweiser, or who do you know any of the uh, professionals without names but any titles or whatever on it? Do you think some big people would be on it because they're trying to pull people into the city, correct? I mean, if you win it, you got to come to St. Louis. Yes, if you win it, I mean, you have to you have to move your business to St. Louis, and that's a big thing. It's like they want the startup scene to grow and then Mm -hmm. create jobs in St. Louis. So it is CEOs of companies. you know, people that have grown and scaled companies have done really well that are on the board. The board's all there. And so these are the people that help fund Arch Grants. I mean, it's both funded by, I think, companies and individuals um, that kind of sit on this board. So they're there. And then past uh, Arch Grants founders as well um, that have, and many of them have done really well with their companies. It's kind of like a, lo- what does that show? Kind of like a local shark a lo- tank shark sort tank. of thing. Oh. Yeah. It really did, yeah. How, you said earlier that, so it gives you access to this network. How has that network helped you or how do you see it helping you? So, I mean, like anything else, it's kind of what you make of it. So I'm trying to go to all the events and engage. But the biggest thing for me so far has been access to other founders because those people have either they've fundraised, they've gone through the struggles of this and right with the the phase of the company that we're in, I have these specific things, you know, that I'm in, in the gutters with that I need to solve. And so it's, I can reach out now to people and say, I'm looking to talk to somebody that has done X. Um, and that's been huge and really impactful and having coffee with them. And they almost always say, you need to talk to this person. And it's, it's all people that are like that, right? When you you meet with people and most of the founders are having the mindset of like, what can I do for this person? And of course you want to do the same for them, but it's who can I introduce you to, to kind of get you a step further or get you in the door at the right place. So you'll be on the board next time. Next time when they, when someone comes in to do a, a like presenting and wanting, you know, try to win, you're going to be sitting out in the audience. Yes. Yeah, a, I'll be one of the judges in the next couple of years. You ball, you'll be balling out there, <laughs> eh, judging them. <laughs> uh, that that that's amazing. Um, what? Who has been some of your biggest inspirations throughout life? Ooh, okay. Um, let's see. I mean, definitely my parents. We mm-hmm. we've already talked about them. Um, I read a lot of books and podcasts, so kind of unlimited. Yeah, what, what, what's uh, tell us some of your favorite? We're 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 big readers here. What, what first of all, what's what's your fa- do you have a favorite n- uh, fiction book on the planet? Ooh, I'll be honest, I'm not much of a fiction yeah. reader. I, I, I'm the only one. Yeah, I don't <laughs> read much. Fi- my Doug reads a lot of fiction. I I read nonfiction. Some good ones. Some good books that I've read lately. There's Atomic Habits. That, yeah, that, that's I, a good. I'm book. a big one with Atomic Habits. Um, beginning was a little slow, but then it got good. Um, and then for starting a business, the book Levers, um, has been one of the books that I read that uh, has been really impactful, like from a strategic and like an actual tactical. So those are ones that have been good. Um. And then people-wise, let's see. Oh, I should have been more prepared for this question. Um, yeah, family. Um, I 
I've had a couple couple good bosses. Um, not a ton of good <laughs> bosses. Um, I feel like be- bad bosses make for the 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 best uh, best imp- oh, business owners later. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you see what not to do. You see how you don't want to do it. You see how sure. to make things better. You learn a lot from a bad yeah. boss. You do. Um, some. It, I, I talk about, you know, surrounding yourself with good people. I have a group of women that we previously worked together. We had started this group. We call ourselves the digital disruptors. Uh-huh. Um, and they've been really critical because they're, you know, biggest cheerleaders, but also I can strategically bounce things kind of off of them. And they're all really successful individuals, entrepreneurs themselves. Um, and so they've been great because they've been, been kind of, you know, pushing me along this journey. So we get together once a month. Um, and kind of talk through things and I can call them up. So, um, they've been kind of a, a good support system to have. Um, I have, yeah, a couple more friends that have started businesses that are in it to their inspiration. I mean, when you see people doing something that they love, um, one of my best friends, she has her own PR company that she's grown very quickly. Um, those are inspiring because you see it actually playing out and people doing well with it. Um, so yeah, I think, People closest to me, I'd, I'd say, those are some people that come to mind. I think that one thing she just touched on, I've kind of gotten a little more into this, is having like a group, a small little circle that you can just that bounce idea. I and mean, you and I do that a lot with each other, but like just a group that you can go to to kind of inspire and push each other. You know what I'm saying? That's something I would tell young people. Find we always say go find a person doing what you want to do, but I would also tell them just find it like a core group of successful or core group of people who want to be successful and start you a little like just a little support group slash mastermind group together and do that when you're younger it sounded so corny yeah you know, look around who do you hang out with and tell you you know what your future is or yeah the people you hang out with the people you surround yourself with you know especially as you get i think you're in the situations we are you start surrounding yourself with the right people and i mean it's it's instrumental in growth and, and knowledge and learning. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Got to find those positive people. people um, yeah. yeah. People doing it. What, and I, I think you might've answered this, but what would you, uh, what would you say to a young person wanting to start a business uh, like you did? What, what, what advice would you give them starting out? My advice is treat everything like a learning experience. I mean, we kind of touched upon that earlier, but you know, I think it's easy for a young person to be in school and, and do internships and graduate and kind of go through the grind of the day to day feeling like this isn't what I want to be doing. And you feel like that for so many years. But I think if you do that and I've been guilty of it, too, then you lose. It's almost like you lose that time a little bit and you spend so much time working. So I, I think my best advice is look at the moment that you're in, the situation that you're in, knowing that you have maybe bigger goals than that, and really try to embrace that and, and do the best at it and see what can I what can I do now that I can turn into something that I can do later. Entrepreneur, like being an yes. entrepreneur. I can't even say that word right. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of what we touched on is like, it, you know, like be, being a waitress or a bartender or working in retail sales. If, if more young people, and I, believe me, I'm, super guilty of it would go to these jobs more like instead of like oh this sucks i gotta uh, take some orders and i mean you gotta be there anyway you gotta be you gotta be there you you need the job you gotta be there but man start taking learning experiences and out of that own it yes i would okay coffee have coffee with people i mean i think 
I consider myself a connect, like I like to be a connector. Like I'll always say if I, you know, like, oh, this would be a good connection. And a lot of times it's like, you don't expect anything of that. But whenever I was younger, something I think I did pretty well is at my jobs, I would, um, I would invite people that were in more senior roles to go have coffee with me and have a conversation about the job that they were doing and basically how to get there. Um, that's nice. Yeah. And I still, I mean, I reserve time in my week. I have coffee at least twice a week with people that are, you know, movers and shakers that, um, and it's coffee just for the sense of having that conversation because you leave that conversation and there's like at least a few things that I nuggets that I'm like, I'm tucking that away. That's, uh, it's an idea starter. Um, but as a kid, like those conversations can be valuable because you could have coffee with someone that, you know, sees your potential and wants to mentor you. It's finding that those mentors and people that can kind of bring you along for the ride and, and, learn from them because it's, you can't figure it all out on your, on your own. So. I, I love that. You know, if we have, and I, I don't like when people do this to me, but I'm doing it to you. Like if we had you back in a year, two years or something like that, what, what's, what's disc. And I think you've touched on it a little bit, but what's, what's ideally, what does disco look like? Where does it change? Where, how's it, how's it, how's it expanded and grown? So, of course, I, I want us to be the go-to resource in customers' minds. So, I mean, that's going to take a lot of marketing over the next year. But I really want people to think of us, like, if they're planning a group event in St. Louis, you know, as a short-term mm-hmm. goal, it's like they've heard of us and they know of Disco and someone's told them about it or they've seen us. Um, and then I I want to, in the next year, expand to a new market. I kind of already talked to can spoke to Kansas City but I want to use that expansion to a mark, new market to test some of our strategies that we've learned and doing things a little bit differently um, in the way that we launch. And so hopefully in the next year or two, I will be have a, a little bit bigger team. Um, someone I'm talking to a couple people that are potentially good fits for that to come on and help that have done it before scale the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see us on our way to, um, you know, hopefully hitting our first million dollars in revenue. That's, you know, that's the first big revenue goal that you have yeah. as a startup. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's like, when you're talking about like, I feel like there's gotta be a lot of like college kids wanting to come out. They want to get into event planning that you could grab. I don't know. I don't keep thinking that, but yeah, I've, I've had a couple good, actually my best intern so far was a high schooler. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I've had, I have some good applicants right now for some, some college interns. So I'm really excited about that to get them involved. But yeah, I, I'm looking for those hungry individuals, right? That are younger, that are hard. <laughs> We're all looking for those hungry the individuals. Hungry individuals. <laughs> Communication these days is a little rough, but, um, yeah, fi- yeah. Finding the people that want to come alongside us. How, how do you go about trying to find them or how do you about how do you go about getting um getting them in the college and high school kids so i have a partnership with um a couple high school internship programs so now there's a program where these students as a class they intern with a company for their semester instead of just doing a class which i think is amazing that's like awesome i wish i did you know i wish i had that and so it's the real world experience um, and then I'm also a handshake is a website where you can get paired with all the local universities to find college interns. So wow. uh, yeah, I've got about 30 good applicants for my new internship that I just posted. Handshake? Handshake. I just wrote that in my head. <laughs> yeah. Handshake is really good. Um, yeah, that's how I've have found my interns. I'm, I'm thinking of trainers. I'm thinking of podcast producers. 
<laughs> is, is there is there anything before we get off here? Is there anything that you think should be added to this that that our listeners should know? Ooh, um, I don't know. I think we touched on a lot of good topics. Where all can they find you besides timetodisco.com? Is there anywhere else they can look you up? That's the website. I mean, if you if you search Disco St. Louis, I think we would show up now. So you can find us that way. But timetodisco.com. Um, and yeah, I just ask, you know, people share us, look us up. We're on Instagram. Our Instagram is book with disc at book with disco right now, working on, on changing that. Someone had time to disco. Um, but find us on Instagram and, and that's a good way to, uh, kind of stay up to date with, I post all the new stuff that's launching every week. Um, and so people kind of stay in touch with what we have on the website there. I love, real quick, I love the name disco. I just think it's cool. It's just fun, isn't yeah, it, Roz? Like you think disco, you think fun. Uh, where did you come up with the name? So I was trying to think of another way to say party. Uh-huh. Um, I had all these, you know, five years ago when I thought of it, I actually had a list of names for the company, and they were all pretty lame. We should we should have had her bring her, her list, and we compare <laughs> lists. Yeah, right? See who had the worst yeah. names on it. There was a couple that were a little, yeah, interesting but and kind of boring. But I, if you look at Uber, if you look at things that have really taken that – taken off I wanted something that was another word for party that could be a verb so because I picture people saying let's book a disco yes and I wanted that phrase you know they're not going to say let's book a you know event bird you know that wasn't a name right but I don't know where I just came up yeah but you know I could see people saying like that's fun to say let's book a disco so what have you what have you done marketing wise Ooh. um I've tried a lot of different things. We're doing a lot of different things. Um, we So I have tested different digital ads for Facebook around what creative kind of performs the best. So trying to get you know our cost per click uh, low. Mm-hmm. And we, for all the businesses, which I have some for you today, uh, we create these QR code cards. So once you're live on Disco, we bring in present marketing things too for your business that people, if they're, if they're there... They can take, oh, you offer a class. They can take it in direct link um, and hosting events, partnering with influencers, social media, of course. Um, we're, we're about to test a postcard and neighborhood canvassing initiative to see how that performs. Um, so we're really kind of doing the whole gauntlet. I've direct going to office buildings. Like I've hit the street with cookies, showed up with a box of cookies to businesses that I know plan a lot of things and said, Hey, let's make a relationship. Um, so in person kind of street team, that traditional marketing as well. Pound the streets. Love it. Yep. We're hiring a street team right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Join our street team, but yeah, marketing's tough. It's all about testing and yeah. Um, Got anything else to add, Ross? That's all I got. You, I, first of all, Ross, I want to commend you on on, on a <laughs> job well done. We kind of reversed roles today, just because he knew, he, you know, he has more relationship with you, and Don does, and so I'm like, hey, why don't you? Because I usually just like he got hold of your husband and just did a little more information and. I'm Aww. proud of you, but bless your little heart. I got out of my comfort zone. You like how I just did that. Off the record, <laughs> I'm going to need to know what I'm going to need to hear also. What <laughs> Doug said. I'm curious. Here, here's here's one thing that I really wanted to be true that Doug told me. So <laughs> I wanted to. You think you're saying something that isn't oh, true? Boy. No. Well, it's it's just not. It's true, but just not. Uh, you know, this is how laid back Doug is. Uh-huh. And uh, so he told me about the bonus room conversation, and, and you find no, I'm doing bonus. It. I'm done. He's, I'm, he's I'm saying doing. bonus. 
And uh, Doug says, yeah, I think it was like um, two weeks after this conversation, she quit her job. <laughs> Come to find out, it's six months, six Doug. Months. <laughs> I really wanted that to be true because that really you knew it probably my, wasn't. That but. really would have been my most violent year quote. Was really gonna hit. <laughs> hey, but yeah, it's like find you someone that supports your. Hope. I mean, that's the cool thing. We've been together a long time now, but. Yeah, I mean, he just knows me by now, and it's just, it's been cool. He's just like, let me do my thing. And I would expect him to be like, I put more pressure on than he is, and I'm the one that's like not bringing in a salary right now. And he's yeah. just so chill. He's like, you're doing what you, I love, you know, yeah. I, I know you can do it. And that's really cool. On on top of raising two, how, how old? I mean, they're young. They're yeah, three and a half and six months. Yeah. Six months? Jeez, that's a baby, right? <laughs> yeah she, she I, like they don't walk and talk at that age yeah right? i was i pitched arch grants the finalist day i think it was a month postpartum wow. so i was going through the process like as you're I up was there crying <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, uh, last last question for me and i think you might have touched on it when when you're talking about giving ross a qr code but um now you're talking about st louis can people from this the metro east uh use you or how do, how does that work yeah, you, you can, especially if you're coming to St. Louis and, and Locksburg House is on there. Um, and we're looking, I actually just got contacted by an Edwardsville business a couple days ago that found us on social media that wants to be on Disco. So, yeah, there's a Metro East button, too, gotcha. on okay. Disco. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're just, St. Louis is just across the river, too. But I, I could I could definitely see, you know, um, growing in this direction. Gotcha. Eventually. That was really good. That was awesome. I, I said that real, like I was surprised. I said that. I did not mean to say that like I was surprised. I did. <laughs> you're, you're really comfortable in that chair over there. Yeah. You Lean are. back. Just, yeah. Oh, thanks. This was fun. This was a good conversation. I love, I love talking about it. I love what you guys are doing. Um, yeah. We will expect you to come back in a year or two and tell us all the great things that you've done and, and, and what Disco's doing and where it's at. Right, Ross? Absolutely. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. All right. This has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. Slay on. Slay on, brother.